podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Transfer Podcast on Anfield Index Pro. I'm Trev Downing. I'm podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland before I head away to beautiful sunny Mallorca for a while. I'm looking forward to that, but it looks very much as if I'm going to be leaving my mucker in the lurch here because, of course, I am joined for this podcast, as I always am, by our man in the know, Mr. Dave Davis. Dave, it seems like a bad time to be walking away from you, which is why we've jumped in here. Uh, I've got my usual question. It's a busy day. It's been a mental day. And as a result, how are you doing? It is nine minutes past six on a Thursday evening, Trev, and I am 99% spent. But here I am ready to give you my final percent on the transfer podcast. And we're going to embark on an adventure. I see where it takes us, eh? Yeah, and adventure is the word because um, I've just put on Twitter my firm belief, which you have just recently espoused before the mics went live as well. So it's nice to see we're on the same uh, wavelength. You said it differently. I used the words of William Goldman, a famous screenwriter. Nobody knows anything. And when it comes to the big, in inverted commas, news of today, that is the whole Romeo Lavia Moises Caicedo uh, thing, nobody does know anything. There are all sorts of opinions being floated. There are several compelling theories. Um, most people are remaining entrenched in whatever uh, pre uh, this incident takes they had, and they're reacting to the Inverticomas news appropriately. Let's just try, if we can, to play it out for folks as it happened, because some people will be coming to this and they will, like I've often said to you in the past, be sensible individuals like I used to be, who just pretty much stay away from the minute by minute thing and try and get a a recap from somebody sensible. We do aim to be that person or those people for that type of folks. So let's just start this as it started today. Let's start with Romeo Lavia and where Liverpool ended up last night and into this morning. And if you wouldn't mind, maybe in this opening part, before things started to get a little bit hectic, again, based off possible conjecture, there were some very solid quotes from Billy Hogan. So can you talk to us a little bit about where the latest Lavia stuff is and was sort of evolving to over the course of the last 24 to 48 and maybe build to those Hogan quotes, which left a lot of people in a real pit of despair this morning. Yeah, Christ, I knew you'd give me a loaded bomb to unpack here, Brad, but here it goes. So, yeah, the um, 
The third bid, the third Christ for Romeo Lavia was rejected on Monday, wasn't it? That was pretty much before the, the final pre-season game against Darmstadt. So a lot of speculation. And then Tuesday, the day after, it feels like a Craig David song again, this, doesn't it? There was a, a lot of speculation as what would happen. Would he get cup tied by, by Southampton? But they did not even name him in their Carabao squad. So naturally that leads to fervent speculation, Trev, doesn't it? Like it's him and all those other types of things. Wednesday, the eye of the storm based on this week. Pretty much absolutely nothing there, Trev. However, we fast forward to Thursday, well, sorry, Wednesday night. Let me get this right. Sorry, Wednesday day, nothing. I'm get me days wrong here because of Craig David. But Wednesday night, it then breaks, doesn't it? As in yesterday evening, Chelsea make a bid for Romeo Lavia, higher than what we've put on the table so far. But inevitably today, it is rejected because it's not that golden 50 million figure that Southampton keep referring to. It's kind of public, isn't it? It's well known. There's no really any doubt on that. The, the briefings from the Southampton journals, all that side, Trevor, and I get all this, I really do. All the cards are with them. They hold all the chips. They've sold salads. They've got the money back. They've just got a huge lump sum in for Liveramento. Yes, part of it went to Chelsea, but they've got a lump sum there. They are pretty much on the verge of agreeing that deal any second. I think it's now medical, isn't it, for, for Ward-Prowse. There's another chunk of change coming to them there. They've also even got a bid for one of their other midfielders. Christ, they're selling them all, Southampton, possibly. Will Smallbone. So all the chips, all the advantages, as you were, are with Southampton. We've been embarrassed three times now when people talk about doing our bids efficiently, quickly. Well... Southampton doing the leading briefs, don't get me wrong, Trev, but it's embarrassing for us in that regard. And then, like you said, the Billy Hogan quotes, just fascinating that, you know, not in Europe, we've got to cut our cloth accordingly, as it were. Just, it's funny, isn't it, Trev? When we win the league, we win the Champions League and all this, we can't sign players because of the bonuses and the wage structure. We're now not in Europe. We can't sign players because we need to cut our cloth accordingly. Pretty much what will be interesting if someone would ask Billy, Billy, mate, just as a quick check, when can we actually invest in the squad? Because if we can't do it while we're winning and we can't do it while it's not there, like, well, give us the scenario, the parameters that it takes for us to actually put some money in for a player. And I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, give a, I'll take a quote from Sam Maguire, you know, a, a mutual sort of friend of ours there, does, you know, puts a lot of salient points on Twitter he, you know, he kind of uh, alluded to all, the, all this. And the Lavia value, the 50 million, as he put, you can't go playing that you don't feel he's worth 50 million when you're putting bids of 47 million or so down on the table, Trev. Do you know what I mean? It's just like you're already clearly briefing that you're bidding above what he's worth. So long story short, to put all that together, you could just underline it under the umbrella heading of Liverpool look foolish yeah which is an ongoing thing since um the most recent transfer deal got done for Sabaslai um and has been a theme where we are you that person who has everything the coolest merch and those must-have fan threads well over at our Anfield index shop we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection 
From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. HR wagons to individuals who then uh, don't end up at the club. Take your pick. Bellingham's obviously the biggest um, mess in recent memory, but you know, there's too many there as well and several others who we've held out for. And what made it even more embarrassing really, really uh, recently was those revelations, if they can be trusted, that Liverpool had pulled out before even any finality with Real Madrid had been arranged with Bellingham. And it makes you wonder what we're doing at all. What is what is what is the strategy? What is it that we're doing now? Again, at this point, it's very, very important for us to say if you are um, some sort of weirdo team FSG above uh LFC. If you are one of these um, types who decides that what's most important for you is just to have a bit of fun and it's just a, it's just, you know, just can't you just support the team and you start throwing out Shankly quotes about supporting us when we're not good and supporting us when we are good. You may not enjoy the rest of this because the bent of what I will be saying, I'm not going to drag Dave down with me, is very much along the lines of I'd kind of like to see the greatest squad that we've accumulated in quite a while under the greatest manager that we've had since the aforementioned Shankly actually winning some pots to make this an era worth remembering because that for me is all there is to it. I enjoy it. I have fun. I'm not a, a miserable bastard. And when the season starts, I'll be all in. But the remaining, the, the underlying thing all the time is can we try and win things? Can we maximize? And as you say, when is the time to really invest in the squad? When it clearly needs investment. And then what we did was we made a tidy profit on a couple of lads who were already in the squad as we headed into the season nominally. And then all of a sudden they weren't there anymore. We have this extra money. How do we invest it? Now we come to the complicated ripple about the whole thing that happened today, Dave, which was the man with whom we were most fervently linked early on and the guy for whom most of us the guy who most of us believe is the correct guy, the perfect guy who could sort of be a plug and play and an instant hit and exactly what we need in terms of um, replacing the Fabinho sort of role is, well, <laughs> it's Mr. Caicedo. He's back. And apparently we've made a bid. Now, earlier on, you were talking about um, that point Sam McGuire was making about, you know, what are you bidding 47 for when it's 50 and it's known that we've got this bonus extra money and what are you doing? It makes you wonder, doesn't it, how we can then be expected to have our 48 or 49 million bid now taken seriously when apparently we've started to consider throwing twice that at Mr. Caicedo. What in the name of all that's holy is going on? Do you believe any of this? And can you walk us through the evolution of it? Because there was 
a, a complicated sort of torturous way in which this was brought to our attention, just enough to get people giddy and then the usual cold water poured over it. Will you walk us through the evolution of this thing today? Because it's been quite the, the day on Twitter and maybe um, conclude where you think we're actually with it. I wouldn't mind coming in again at the end. Yeah, it's uh, if, if it wasn't us, Trev, the drama has been outstanding today, hasn't it, realistically? But unfortunately, it's us involved in it. So, yeah, naturally, it, it breaks. And to be fair, it's Matt Law. Um, a well-known football journalist specialised with, with Chelsea as well that breaks it. And now this is important to say, because in the Chelsea side, not just him and others broke that Liverpool had made a bid higher than Chelsea so far. That was what all the Chelsea side were, were briefed, went with, which obviously sends social media in to meltdown naturally. Then on the other side, the Liverpool briefing comes, Trev, that it's not a bid, but Liverpool have made formal contact, you know, initiated discussions, a verbal offer, all the, the other sorts of adjectives you would wish to use. There's kind of a which one do you believe, pick your poison type of thing. But it's a consistent briefing from all the Liverpool journos. And to be fair, you know, the, quite a few of the patch journos, whether it be through YouTube articles, have said, you know, that consistent their belief and what they've been briefed. Doesn't seem likely. Hearts out on Chelsea. All those types of things, as in, doesn't look realistic. Now, a couple of things to really note, Trev, are that actually what has sort of come out to, today is that it seemed as though Lavia bid that twenty and What actually seems to be the fact is it's the other way around, Trev. That actually it was almost a. Lavia bid was a retaliation, if you want to call it that. I don't know how you'd, you'd put it, so to speak. But, yeah, it's the, the variation in briefings. My take on it, Trev, there's a couple of key things I would say. In the words, or the quieter words, of John the Baptist, not a chance, Shagger. Not a chance at all, like you said. <laughs> or, or really, to, to a many, Jude Bellingham, we've been here before with £100 million pounds or so midfielders. We know how this game goes. You know, Brighton again, they've got cash, you know, they they can dictate the payment terms, they can get a bid. It's just not going to happen at all. And even tonight, you're seeing Romano going, oh, worth the famous and imminent bid from Liverpool's due in the coming hours. Funnily enough, Trev, where, where have we heard that before for Liverpool type of thing? So, for me, file it under, not a hope in hell. And like you said, the knock-on effect of this is, when we probably go back for Lavia, as we inevitably will do, Southampton will be, well, hold on, you've got all this cash for Caicedo, like, stump it up. Might even be 52 million, you know, for, for all we know in that regard. It's the classic FSG for me, or whoever you want to call it, because we could go into that debate all night. The Kansas City shuffle, Trev, isn't it? Distract us one way, because then you don't have to deal with the hard facts that it's over a month since the last signing came in into Bosley. It's nearly two weeks since Fabinho left. The season is about to start on Sunday. We were hoping, we kind of got to that realisation that they're not going to be ready for Chelsea, potentially. Now, there's not even a fourth bid in for Lavia or Caicedo or anyone that's quantifiable from a reliable source, Trev. I.e., nothing looks imminent. 
Nothing looks promising. You would not bet good money on there being someone in for Bournemouth at this rate. Utter shit show. It feels like that, doesn't it? It feels as if, as you said, it's like even some of the most uh, reliable and stoical and borderline pessimistic types have been drawn into this game down by the dark side of find the lady. And they're all sort of with their jaw on the floor, trying to work out what's happening here with this latest bit of prestidigitation by our crowd, uh, you know, involving themselves in, um, you know, headlines associated with these great players. And I think after the Bellingham thing, it does start to get a little bit tiresome. And there's so many different ways to look at this now. I think from a bargaining position point of view, the club is now completely, if you want to use a technical term, bollocksed. Um, no two ways about it when it comes to this Lavia deal. Um, I'm sure Lavia himself, if he puts any store by this, if there's any reality to it, will be thinking, well, do they really want me now or not? Um, they were happy enough to, to, to jump ship when they thought this other lad was available. And um, it just all feels a bit messy. I think there was a slight hope that everyone thought, oh, we're going to do one of these gazumping things and we've been keeping our powder dry. And of course, that's so, so, so tempting to believe. I would love to believe it. I would love to believe that it was possible that that could happen. But there are a lot of things that seem to be pointing you in the opposite direction. And in terms of even just the two clubs that we're looking to negotiate with, you made a very interesting point there, Dave. Both of them are absolutely fine for money. Thank you very much. They don't need to be like Southampton have received a little bit of money um, of late for some outgoings. They're all right. Um, Brighton have received money for outgoings, notably from us and most others. They're okay. They don't need to do anything that is going to upset their apple cart and ruin their season. So they can hang tough and milk every last drop out of these dealings. And it's just seemed that it advanced so far in terms of Caicedo and Chelsea. I don't see why anybody would think anything other than that is likely. And I still think that probably we will with our tails between our legs and possibly not even with a happy footballer end up with Romeo Lavia. Because what other choice, Dave, is there for the club at this rate? Because, you know, the embarrassing thing about it is very real. Whether you want to buy into that in an extreme way or not, it doesn't look good. I mean, when you have the likes of Carragher coming out saying what he said. And even, I mean, it's 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 a, it's a terrible state of affairs when you see people, I have to say, quoting Gary Neville, who is a horrible individual who has got no interest in Liverpool Football Club. And if you think he does, just because he's got this reputation as a, a, a sort of a neutral punter at times, who was good at the start, he's not anymore. He, like Carragher, has become a Sky Company man. He's just there working out the best way to get some eyes on him and ears on the, on the on the channel. But when you find yourself even nodding in agreement with nonsense coming from either of those two chaps, you know things have gone awry. What do you think is the worst case scenario here? Now, genuinely, with Lavi and Caicedo, those two, those two footballers, these two potential deals, what do you see being the worst case scenario? For me, and again, this is going to seem mad optimis- optimistic for some people, I think we get Lavia done, but I do think there's a distinct possibility that we'll feel we've overpaid 
and he mightn't feel the love in the way that he might otherwise have had uh, felt it um, because of what's happened here. And I think that's a shitty compromise. I think it's the most likely option from the various combinations. Where do you land with that? Yeah, if I, if I had to kind of put my money where my mouth is, my, my gut, everything still tells me we end up with Romeo Lavia, mainly just because it, we've already looked stupid, but to to not get that one done looks foolish beyond belief. And also with an, another move that we'll talk about where that Chelsea are made, I do think we'll get a run. And all the intimations have been that he still prefers us as well. That Christ knows why, the, the way it's gone realistically. I think like you said, though, the point is that if we do get him, it's quite clear that we've looked at options. We've dragged it out. Does he really feel loved, for want of a better phrase, really wanted? I think you struggle to see that now. And also, I suppose he does get done, Trev. You know it's going to be around the £50 million mark. And I don't always think players are necessarily always, always fussed about the fee. But it's going to have that type of... They didn't really want to pay it for you, though, Romeo, did they? You know, And, and people are going to want to sort of put that in his face at, at certain points. It's an easy stick to knock him down with if it... If he struggles, as you'd expect a 19-year-old, when I say he struggle, I mean patchy up and down form. That's the nature it tends to be of a, a 19-year-old player in that regard. But the even worse scenario is, Trev, this drags out even further. And if you say worst case scenario, it wouldn't surprise you desperately if we didn't land either. It wouldn't. It really wouldn't. My gut, as I'm saying, still makes me suspect we get Lavia, but it's not beyond the realms of possibility. We are looking at alternatives or this 50 million sort of benchmark, the, the line in the sand, whatever you want to call it, Liverpool do walk away from it. Look, even stupider. I suppose the reason I want to put my money on Lavia in that regard is they already look ridiculous. They already look foolish. Just get the, you know, that's not going to change now, whatever. Just get the deal done. When Chelsea inevitably get Caicedo, and let's, for the love of God, just move on as quickly as possible. Yeah, and the point is, if it does drag on, if there are further wrinkles, um, you've got a situation where certain people will have um, um, a triumphalism about them. You know, you were slagging off the ownership and uh, the rebuild, but look, we got this wonderful young player in, and that's going to be enough for these guys and, and gals, and they're just going to be quite happy with that. And for the record, I would not be happy with just Romeo Lavia. That is not enough. It's just not enough when you look at the makeup of the squad. I, uh, I, I really despair. I really despair at the level of discussion and discourse around this topic and the fact that people can't seem to indulge in it without being nasty, you know, without calling names, without um, trying to come out from some you know, scarily ideological position, which, you know, I, I, that's always bad. When you just have one belief and one belief only and cannot be shaken from that, I'm sorry, but that's usually a sign of someone who's lacking. And, you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with your IQ or your intellect. You see these clever people are often won over to these ways of thinking and they stay entrenched in them. It seems to be a modern sort of an ailment. And I worry about it a little bit. I just want to talk to you briefly about the quote that uh, the Billy Hogan thing, because you might know a little bit more than I do, but I saw it sort of um, rebutted a little bit. 
The quote was, for the record, our goal is to run the club sustainably. When you're missing revenue from the Champions League, you have to react accordingly, and we've done that. Now, that's the one that people picked up and ran with, and the darker, um, more sepulchral types were crying into their lunchtime sandwiches going, oh, this everything is wrong with the club, etc., etc. But apparently, if you were to read it in the context of the uh, interview it came in and the article it came in, which is apparently in The Athletic, there was a sort of a feel that it was in terms of getting extra revenue in through the gates, like through the Taylor Swift concerts and things like that. And that that was actually what he, he was referring to. Now, I don't know. I don't subscribe to The Athletic, so therefore I can't comment on this. I just want to ask you if you had any further clarification that you could throw on this. If not, obviously, don't worry. But I was just wondering if you would come across that kind of rebuttal to that and say, hey, 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 don't be getting carried away. It's meant in this context. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really good question, to be fair. And, and naturally, I have read the article and on the back of it did some digging around you're right it was in the athletic james pace got that that interview with billy hogan the chief exec which the the mind-numbingness of it people then making comments to james pace like he's doing a great you know he's doing his job he's got an interview with the chief exec it's not his job to tell the chief exec what to say it's his job to ask the chief exec questions and get the info which he's managed to do so that that's the first point the second point like you said is trev it was an easy, it was a, it was a free hit, wasn't it? It was a home run today with the sentiment, the toxicity, the feeling on social media. You just, you snip that comment and you're in for hits, aren't you? you everyone knew that. And you're completely right. We've said it before. Context is everything. So, yes, he does say that quote. But exactly as you said, and I'd always, as we always do, recommend to people, you know, read it fully. He also talked about it in terms of, how you know we maximise revenue to, to get everything. And by the way, these are not new quotes or a new style FSG way of speaking. You know, it's always been this way. The article also talks about record revenues for the Nike. That's you know that'll be announced when it's announced, but that'll be a record. Also, as we know, the the third largest income in world football. So all those things are mentioned in that article as well. So there is a balance there. It's. FSG saying we've got to cut our cloth accordingly. When have they not said that, Trev? Have you ever known John Henry come out and said, lads, we are going on a rager this window? Do you know what I mean? It just doesn't happen. So, yeah, it it was gasoline on the flyer. It was a a free home run and people took it, hey? Yeah, they did. They absolutely did. And and last night, even before those quotes came in, I saw people were um, uh, quote tweeting various disgruntled Red Sox fans and uh, people ensuring us that this is the pattern and get used to it. And they start getting tight uh, once they've won a trophy or two. And that's how it goes. It's just run as a sustainable business. Bloody blah. So. Look, regardless of your take on the ownership, and that's a far more nuanced uh, question, I think, than FSG in, FSG out. Um, regardless of your take on it, I think it's it's fair to um, say that it's a little bit frustrating not to have seen, like I said earlier on, the best manager that we've had in the modern era being backed to the full extent that he could have been backed um, and perhaps even pushing the limits of that sustainability just a little uh, in order to ensure continued success success and like I said the establishment of a proper dynasty era whatever way you want to look at it 
anyway. That's going to pan out the way it pans out. And just for context, it is Thursday, the 10th of August, as Dave and I record this. And we wanted to get one done before I head off on my uh, holidays on the 12th, on the way of 12th to the 19th, which means, again, apologies to those of you who are uh, raw listeners. I won't be there for the opening two games of the season. It's just badly uh, or, or just worked out badly. It's a kind of surprise. It was a bit of a gift this uh, holiday in, on the back of a big old uh, birthday. So um, it's a nice surprise. I'm going to run with it, but I won't be around for those games. And we felt it was important to get in and get something said this evening, regardless of how things have panned out, because there is no guarantee that they'll pan out tomorrow or the day after or the day after. But don't worry, don't fear. But Dave, regardless, will be on with you um, to cover anything that happens in the space of those seven or eight days where I'm AWOL. There are a couple of solid things that we do know that are happening, but we'll start with the thing that isn't solid and was another rumor, and that's Tiago. And it seems, oh, I don't know, completely mental that we would consider allowing any other uh, Liverpool midfielder to leave at this point. Um, but there were rumors today Dave, about a Saudi bid for about 12 million euros or something. Uh, and then uh, old Fabrizio came out and said there was nothing to it. Um, where did they emanate from? And do, do are we leaning towards agreeing with the, with the, the, uh, the Italian? It was fascinating, wasn't it? I swear, Trev, that Ant and Deck are just running the social media and have, you know, told someone like, say that there's been a bid for Tiago just to wind us all up type of thing. So a couple of, Overseas journalists put it on to today, uh, a few, so it was a bit of corroboration, you could say. So naturally, that sent everyone into a frenzy, like, what is going on? How can we sell another one, all this? Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. 12 million euros. And then, fascinatingly, for all people, here we don't go. Good old Fabrizio comes on, doesn't he, and says, absolute try. Liverpool are not interested the only sort of side note for from that trev that there has been a few patch journalists and it's important to say this in the last few hours have said liverpool have obviously been not interested have said that so far however they are still expecting potentially further attempts for tiago before the window closes so i can't see it but I don't know what I can see at the moment. I don't even think Mystic Meg really knows what's going on with Liverpool or can predict it. So, gut telling me no, but yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. But that one, 
well and truly shot down for today. Well, it would be purely mental at this point. You'd have to, you'd have to imagine, unless like we have have some rabbits to pull out of hats in terms of of new boys coming in. And even then, it would be nice to have some continuity. And like I said in an article I wrote recently, it probably would be handy to have at least one midfielder over the age of twenty five going into the season. You'd have thought. Anyway, that can be whatever it is for today and if if anything more comes of it we will no doubt be back to it um another saudi rumor uh, circulated around mohammed salah and his agent who's um uh, i think probably on the balance of things wound people up a lot more than he should have over the years and may not be everybody's cup of tea did come out and sort of put those rumors to bed it seemed i mean for now um fast forward towards the end of next season and watch them circulate again what was this all about and, and and what form did it take i know you love your movie trivia trev so the analogy i'll use for this with good old rami abbas most i was agent is that it's like that bit in star wars when darth vader realizes he's got to save luke skywalker having been bad for the rest of the movie so throws the emperor down in the pit type of thing so Rami Abbas, yeah, if you live long enough, the villain turns into the hero. So you think back in the day, whenever he commented, we used to, you know, before Salah's renewal, we used to go, oh, Christ, what now? And it used to wind people up exactly as you said. Now, he's just out there shooting all rumours about Salah departures down, isn't he? It doesn't matter which fan site it is, which journal it is, but Good old Rami has shot another one down when there was talk about a bid for Mo Salah. This window from one of the Saudi clubs said, absolutely not a chance. He's committed to Liverpool. What can you say? You know the transfer window has gone insane when Rami Abbas is now the hero. <laughs> you certainly do. I mean, it makes no sense. Uh, that you would have a little smile on your face reading anything from that uh, absolute wind-up merchant. Uh, and we do have a definite out um, in terms of we already knew the guy was uh, away from the squad and away from the club. But uh, a very recent ex-Red, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, has gotten himself a move. What do we know about that deal? Yeah, one for our younger fans here, but it's a, a shout-out to our ex. Some people will know what that means. So, yeah. Little Mix, or Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, as he's also known, is set to go on a free, isn't he, Trev, to Besiktas? So, heading over to Turkey, it's it's kind of sad in one way. I mean, good luck good luck to the lad, you know, with injuries and all that. Almost, it's still that what could have been. But you look at the window and you look at the fact that Liverpool midfielders have left, or former Liverpool midfielders, should I should say, sorry, have left and gone to Besiktas. Verde Bremen, you know, it's a step down a level, whatever anyone says, but new country, new climate, new football, good luck to him. Yeah, not to mention Al Etifak and Al Etihad as well. <laughs> Let's be clear here. Yeah, it's been quite the uh, demolition job uh, on that midfield squad. I remain vaguely hopeful that in the time that remains we can get something done to address that um i'll definitely be back to do a show or two before everything slams shut but my god we are leaving it late thankfully for the sake of the rest of the show and people's sanity we do have some moves to talk about that will entertain us 
Uh, and we'll start with Chelsea, who are obviously uh, rivals, it appears, in terms of uh, not one but two footballers at the moment, uh, the aforementioned Caicedo and Lavia. But um, they have lots of other bits going on as well, to say the least. And it wasn't going to be a Sweeney Todd window unless he went in two-footed towards the end of it. Despite all that's already been done, I think, you know, we've someone's done the sums and it. it's ratcheting to uh, north of the billion at this point. Um, but there is further news for us to discuss. Have at it. Sweeney Todd. The last few weeks of the window on a rager, Trev. Let, let's just look at even since Sunday, what has come out. So the talks around the, the swap deal involving Vlaovic and Lukaku, a bit of cash, they are absolutely dead. They're dead after Juventus fans protested the other night, Trev, about not wanting him, made it clear they did not want him one bit. This is after Inter said they did not want him as well. Now, even Chelsea have got him training away from the squad because of his influence and the effect he could apparently have. Chelsea, Trev, all the influence, all the things that go over there, I think Lukaku's not appropriate to have around. So God knows what he must have done or what they think of him. Going forward, they have met that release clause for Tyler Adams, that £20 million release clause from Leeds. So, that medical has either taken place or is set to take place, but that deal is expected to go through. He is injured currently, but 20 million seems good business there. I get that one. Nkuku, the, the forward, the one they've got from Red Bull. Yeah, severe injury, Trev. So months, we're talking sort of four months potentially, and, and there is even talk, no surprise, that it may force a bit of a rethink in terms of a, another forward. We'll come on to that as well. Caicedo, we know they've been flirting with him, as it were, all week. We know Caicedo is on a Coutinho-style strike slash injured tweet Tammy, whatever you want to call it. But we all know what's going on there. And that draws closer to a conclusion one way or the other. They have made the Lavia bid. And then my favourite sort of little Chelsea story of the week is, you think Kepper, that goalkeeper who's been an absolute nightmare since he's got there you know he's been horrendous for that sort of world record fee at the moment seemed to be potentially you know number two at Chelsea due to circumstances Trev where Bayern Munich have got injuries and today Thibaut Courtois has ruptured his ACL so he's about to be out for the great majority of the season Kepper is a target and there's been talks for both Bayern and Real Madrid. Can you believe that? Thinking how horrendous he's been at Chelsea, there's chance he gets an upgrade to Real Madrid or Bayern Munich. But Trev, it's just Chelsea, isn't it? I'm not being funny. We had an update for them on Sunday. It's Thursday. And you know there's going to be more the coming weeks as well. It's just Sweeney Todd, the man of the transfer window. Bless his cotton socks. And by the way, I'll be right back. I'm just going to head over to talk to my pals at Real Madrid about a Quivine Kelleher that we have for sale. I mean, seriously, they're thinking of Kepa. I mean, that's wow. Wow. 
Yeah, the, the, the craziness knows no bounds around that club and it it feels tawdry that we're caught up in their, you know, sort of little cycle. And I saw Dave uh, earlier on on his um, Daily Red chatting about his theory that, you know, this whole thing, his take was we're, we've been really hanging out for too many if Mbappe goes to Real Madrid, because then that means they'll need to balance the books a little bit and he'd be the one that probably would get sold or might be considered to be sold. And now that that's apparently, we'll come to this later on, not a goer anymore that, you know, that's where the uh, attention focused back to Caicedo and... (laughs) Um, and I'm so fond of Dave and you know he's he's a good friend of mine. I just wonder I wonder if he's if if somebody has taken away his his uh, regular dose of, of 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 reality and given him some happy pills because I, I I I think it's it that seems optimistic to me and I I'd love that to be the case and I'd love us to just say we're going to blow these out of the water for Caicedo but I don't I don't every part of my gut is telling me that it's just. Um, probably not likely to be the case at all. However, one crew who have decided to keep upping the bid because they kept getting knocked back are Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich have finally made a bid for Harry Kane that has been acceptable to Daniel Levy and Spurs. This is a story which has a load of little twists yet in it, I have no doubt. Not least of which is, now that the bluff has been called, will Sir Harold Kane even consider going? Is he, as I've always suspected, so much of a home bird that he doesn't want to even risk it? That it's just a nice thing that he was flattered by? I'm curious about all of this, the latest developments and your take on them, Dave. My gut tells me he's dithering because he doesn't know where Germany is on the map, realistically. (laughs) (laughs) Realistically, but yeah, Rodney has had a bid accepted for him, hasn't he? It was a a second one was rejected. Friday was the big sort of deadline that was put on it, wasn't it? The dramatic timeline as in Harry Kane wants his future decided before the start of the Premier League season. And as of this morning, Ornstein breaks the news. A bid has been accepted around 110 million euros. So huge money, realistically. So Tottenham, like you said, have accepted that bid. So now it comes down to the player. And there was naturally an assumption that, as all the reports have been from Plettenberg, Romano, Ornstein even, that this just seemed like the final hurdle. But now the twist, as you said, all the reports are coming out that he's dithering. He's not, you know, 100% certain. And even um, Plattenberg put on this evening that there's a bit of confusion at the Bayern end, i.e. what's going on, Harry, after after all these talks. This is just supposed to be happening. The suggestions are, Trevor, and again, as you can only report on what we see, that part of it is to do with the loyalty bonus, i.e. how much he's filled he's owed by Spurs, you know, for loyalty, whereas they see it differently in regards to his contract. And then the other thing is... They all pile on, don't they, with a lack of football knowledge. I mean, Team Gammon, even Michael Owen, Chief Pineapple, with his, why would he go to Bayern Munich in a league where one team dominates and that's all it is? I don't know if you've heard of Manchester City, Michael. You know, and by the way, Bayern Munich, one of the great institutions of football at the same time as well, as opposed to, and I'm not trying to criticise Tottenham when I say this, by the way, but it's not as though they win trophies. 
you know, and then compare that to Bayern Munich in that regard. So the just sheer gammonness of it, Trevor, it really is astounding. But it does feel realistically like tomorrow will be a big day. You expect progression because he's going to have to make a call, Harry, isn't it? It's up to him at one stage whether, you know, he can negotiate this with Daniel Livy for, you know, a loyalty bonus if it is that or whatever. But yeah, all eyes peeled in that. The bid is in. He had accepted proposal, the terms from Bayern Munich, but let's see what happens, eh? Yeah, I mean, if you had to roll the dice or if you had to just, you know, put put a cheeky tenor on it now, um, I, 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 my personal gut feeling is that I, I just don't believe you. I just never believed he was actually going to go. But the fact that Bayern have been encouraged to keep making these bids would would sort of pour, pour cold water on, on that as a theory and make my thinking on it seem childish um, because why would they? I mean, this is a grown-up adult situation where you've got proper money being talked about here. Um, so why would they be uh, led on by a guy who doesn't want to go? But it, I just have this gut feeling that he might not go in the end. And I, again, I, I don't. I, I can only say that that's coming from the same kind of place that has me believing it's highly unlikely we get Caicedo. I don't know what it is. Um, now, West Ham are starting to do a little bit of business at last. Uh, there were um, worries, no doubt, for them that they weren't going to be able to even spend the money that they got in for Declan Rice. Um, they were having difficulties getting things over the line. But now, all at once, a sort of a flood of deals. Now, whether or not you're interested in the actual players that they've gotten in, whether or not you can possibly draw a little bit of a comparison between some of these players... And the David Moyes profile of signing, I mean, that's another thing altogether. I mean, people will remember, unless they're very, very young, the second coming of Kenny Dalglish and how exciting that was for those of us who were old enough to remember the first time around. Um, to have my hero come back was just the most glorious of things. I did worry after that initial, you know, firefighting spell where he came in for the second half of the season to take over the horrendous nightmare bequeathed and by Hodge. I did wonder and worry about the possibility of him being given the job on a full-time basis purely because I didn't want him to taint his legacy. Now, on a far, for me at least, because I don't give a shout about West Ham, smaller scale, you look at you look at David Moyes, a much maligned man because of his time with United. Um, and then all of a sudden he's offered this opportunity at West Ham. And he does a job to the extent of winning them a European trophy. I don't think anyone can say that that's anything but impressive. But now he's been let loose and to call the shots, it would appear, in terms of transfers. And Dave, they seem quite British, don't they? <laughs> in the same way Kenny's lot were, you know, predicted Charlie Adam and, and, and Ali Carroll and that kind of, that those kind of boys. It just had that, oh, really? That's what we're doing? Okay, I guess Kenny knows what he's doing. Stuart Downing, sure, let's go for it. Here we've got Maguire, McTominay. And Lord Price, but there's more going on. Talk to us about it. Yeah, he might as well just slap some of those buy British stickers they have on Tesco, you know, <laughs> over his time. <laughs> yeah, that's the only way I can think to describe it. So, good old slabhead, yeah, Harry Maguire, around £30 million. That's set to be done, isn't it? There's the only issue, all the talk is hold up, is if 
how much Harry Maguire gets from United is almost a payoff realistically, but that's expected to happen. Fascinatingly, like you said, it was part of an originally a double bid with Scott McTominay there for about £60 million, like the ultimate buy British package, as it were, buy one, get one free type of thing. So utterly fascinating. What they've done, and this was, you know, picked up on by a lot of people, Edson Alvarez, the, the Mexican central midfield, they have got him done for about £38 million from Ajax. What was fascinating, Trev, on this one, Tim Steiden, their new sporting director, went over there, flew back with his agent, you know, and he was really instrumental in that deal. So there's a lot of debate. Again, it's, you know, it's what we're doing, it's speculation on this, but is Steiden looking at those types of profiles? Why Moyes is whacking his buy British stickers on everything? And people double down on it when they see that a £30 million fee has been agreed with Southampton for James Ward Prowse. So, yeah, he's having his medical. I mean, West Ham are going to be specialists, aren't they? Ward Prowse crosses it into the box. An old slabhead smashes it in with his concrete head. That's going to happen at least three or four times this season, isn't it? And they'll all start, you know, to blow in their bubbles or whatever they do there as well. And then the interesting one, which kind of came from nowhere a little bit this week, we won't go into it too much, but another one of their players linked with a move to another big club and not far off, potentially £100 million as well. So, yeah, they've been a fascinating club this window, West Ham. It's going to be so interesting to see how they actually get on and start the season. But, yeah, plenty getting done there. Plenty still to do as well. Like you said, that potentially massively overrated exit we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, First of all, we'll speak briefly about Man United, who have offloaded Maguire for around £30 million. And, and, and I think it's quite interesting that an awful lot of their fans, in fact, almost to to, to a, 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 an individual that I've seen, are quite happy to get that kind of money for him. That's, that's quite the fall. But it's probably a more realistic price and probably would have been a more realistic price for him originally anyway. Um, but if McTominay was to go as well, that would be quite interesting. Do they have anyone coming in? I mean, I, I know Fred has an offer, I think, as well. Um, Van der Beek, perhaps, also might be looking at the exit door. So what's exa- what's going on, do you think, in terms of incomings? But do tell us about the those those rumoured or at least linked um, exits as well. Yeah, like you said, Fred has an offer from Fenerbahce. That's ex- that is expected to get done. He's been long linked with an exit for obvious reasons. Van der Beek, like you said, the Dutch midfielder, Sociedad, have made a loan offer, so that is expected to happen, so we'll wait and see on that one. The the interesting one is, naturally, when Slabhead finally does depart, and all that gets confirmed, naturally, that they've looked at defensive options, so Pavard's been mentioned on the uh, agenda. The one who keeps coming up when you sort of dig further or ask around is Tadebo, the, the knee centre-back, a player that we've been linked with, for some time as well. I mean, he's had a fascinating career. He had troubles at Barcelona. He had troubles at Benfica. So, you know, he's at Nice at the moment, who, funnily enough, are owned by Sir Jim Radcliffe, i.e. one of the bidders, the Ineos guy for United. So there's a lot of little sort of twists or interesting facts around that. But, yeah, it, it just... I found it fascinating, Trevor. It made me laugh. Some United fans commented on it saying, oh, here we are scrambling again, you know, for signings. 
having just ignored the amount they've just spent on Anana, Mount and Hodgeland, you know, nearly £200 million, not far off. Do you know what I mean? And yet they still talk about scrambling around, as it were, like, heaven forbid, they might just need to balance those books. But yeah, we'll see. There's always some circus down the road, eh? Yeah, the usual. Just, just, just twice the amount we spent, and they get to be frustrated, amazing, and 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 actually have uh, considerably more uh, on the incoming. It would appear as well. Um, briefly, it looks like Wolves are having a bit of a rough time in terms of the managerial status at the moment. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package which includes a 48-hour no-obligation-free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, magboxes, and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, we mentioned this, like the very, very first pod we did of the the summer season when we kicked it off, that one of the clubs to watch were Wolves because of their financial fair play, which we always open with, as you know, every summer and the difficulties they face. So as when we were asking around, we, we were getting told, we were quite clear on that first pod, pretty much every player was up for sale for offer, realistically, and Wolves would have to cut their cloth accordingly. Funnily enough, what's happened, Trev? Lopetegui said, not for me, goodbye, I am away, type of thing, by mutual agreement. And I'm not being disrespectful when I say this, because he did a great job for me with Bournemouth last season, but nothing screams, just keep us up, just get 17th, and Gary O'Neill being appointed as the new manager. And naturally... That will spark links with certain people like Pedence is now supposedly set to move on. Matthias Nunes, a player that we were linked with a while ago, has a few offers. Everyone at Wolves will naturally be looking at their options. The only the only positive you can say is they look close to concluding a deal for Aaron Creswell, the West Ham left back for not too much, you know, a solid left back, Scouser, good cross of the ball. So maybe a good move for them. But yeah, even the fact that the chairman has to issue a statement about the situation before the season starts. It's got to be pretty tough being a Wolves fan right now. If Lavia or uh, Caicedo um, deals go completely to the wall and are ruled out uh, tomorrow, either or, you can be sure there'll be a Nunes story. Um, It's almost guaranteed. Uh, City, however, uh, are looking like they're doing a strange bit of business. 
apparently Bernardo Silva, who, you know, looked to be close to an exit or certainly being linked with an exit, now has a new offer, as does another lad who was linked with an exit to Bayern Munich. And maybe this is why Bayern Munich have extra money now has been offered a, a bit of extra money as well to stay in, in Walker. Um and we've got that story that you mentioned briefly earlier on in terms of a West Ham link. So talk to us about the deals on the table for the, the their extant staff members or squad members and who they're still looking to get in. And if you think that, that it's good business, I'd be interested in it as well. Fascinating. It really is. The, yeah, Bernardo looked done. It was just expected he was going to Barca, PSG, Saudi, almost picked his club type of thing. But... City have come back with another mega deal, so he doesn't ever seem happy, but he unfortunately always plays well, so it would be zero surprise if he renews. And then City, as we've said before, they have that policy of sort of one-year deals for 30-year-olds, you know, a rolling year deal type of thing. But due to everything that looked close with Kyle Walker, he's forced them almost into an offer where it could because it's one of those two plus one type deals, but it could go up to three years. So he's got a new deal on the table or an offer on the table, I should say, from City. So Kyle Walker and all the suggestions we're getting, Trev, are that he's leaning towards staying. So you may have just played Bayern Munich, I don't know. But yeah, a bit of a change of tack from City. But maybe the strangest story almost for me of, of the last few days or the window is Pep Guardiola has rolled up his car to Luis Paqueta, hasn't he? At West Ham type of thing. And the fee, Trev, the bid that, according to a few stories, has been rejected already, that West Ham wanted about 70 to 80 million pounds and that they've rejected 100 million euros, which translates about 80-odd, doesn't it, realistically? And there is a suspicion that City come back with more. Now, he's a good player. I want to say that. I mean, we looked at him before he, you know, he moved to, to England. He's a, he's a talented right-sided midfielder. He's a Brazilian international, but 100 million euros, Trev. I think that's absolutely fantasy land, personally. Now, I could well eat my words, because he could go to a Pep Guardiola team and, you know, be superb, but it just shows to me how mental the fees have gone in the transfer market. And maybe, just maybe, Everyone needs to almost realign their expectations as to how we look at it realistically. But yeah, the fee to me seems bobbins. Yeah, Pep out there today or yesterday managing expectations and talking about what a wonderful thing it was to win that treble and how unprecedented and all the rest of it and how it can't be expected to happen again and it won't happen next year and doing his usual disingenuous bollocks. Um, and yes, they can go and just throw 100 million euros at Paqueta, as you say, possibly even more, um, and pay Bernardo whatever they need because they know that in him, regardless of his happiness, they have a footballer um, that is incredibly effective in the Premier League. So that's very, yeah, it, 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 there's a contrast there. It's a, it's, they're operating in a different sort of sphere when it comes to financial shenanigans, that's for sure, than, than Liverpool are. Arsenal are not finished either. Um, we know the Raya thing is sort of um, on its way to being completed. Um, apparently, there's a, 
someone looking to take tyranny off their hands and they have made a bid themselves talk to us about all of those yeah the uh, an interesting one so the the david raya deal is set to get done isn't it it's a, it's a weird one it's one of those like it's a three million loan fee with a 27 million pound obligation which screams to you with the amount arsenal have spent probably some sort of ffp link deal for the way they they post it but that is expected to get done the other thing is as you said kieran tierney it's not really worked out for us since he moved down south there that so your dad have got a loan bid on him doesn't mean arsenal you know will do that but it's an interesting one to keep an eye on the other one as well, Balogun, that forward, there's been a lot of talk, but an official bid around £40 million has been rejected from Monaco for that player. Inter is still interested as well in that regard. To me, it's, it's just they're trying to do good business. They'll sell to the highest bidder in the nicest way. I think, I think if Jesus hadn't got his injury, he'd have been gone by now. But they may just be double thinking that shall we say in that regard but yeah Arsenal are doing business it wouldn't even surprise you if they did a cheeky one before the window ends as well and a quick run around the rest then Everton have made an offer um, to PSG uh Burnley look like they may be about to get somebody in as well. And Alex Scott, a youngster Liverpool were linked with, looks to have gotten himself a move as well. Just to wrap up the Premier League, then talk us through those moves. Yeah, shows us how fast things have been done. But yeah, probably pronouncing this wrong, but Ekitike, the young forward from PSG, is one of their undesirables, which we'll come on to. So it's looking like Everton are close to doing a deal with him. Again, a loan with an option to buy because, well, we know about Everton's money or the lack of it, shall we say, Treb. So that's a, an obvious one there. The other ones are now, yeah, they're done. The Sanderberg, that famous Liverpool target from Sheffield United, has now moved to Burnley for £15 million. That's confirmed. So Liverpool fans can breathe easy with that one. And Alex Scott, another Liverpool target at one stage, a Liverpool link player, is now confirmed, finally done for Bournemouth for about £25 million. So even the, I don't want to say smaller because that's disrespectful, but the less fashionable clubs, probably not that much more respectful, are still doing business, Trev. So yeah, this wheel is turning and it is turning fast. <laughs> Why can't it turn our way, Dave? Why can't it turn our way? Um, it wouldn't be a, a, a transfer show, and I, I realise we're pushing on for possibly north of the air at this stage, but we just want to get these last couple of things out of the way. It wouldn't be a transfer show if we didn't have a look at the wider world. And we'll finish with PSG and the absolute lunacy going on there. Just in terms of a Saudi update, um, not as much this week as there has been in previous weeks, but still some um, um, offers. We mentioned Thiago earlier on. I still believe, Dave, and I said it to you, it's on the record um, when there was all this talk about where um, uh, the, 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 whether Inter Milan or Juventus or, or Chelsea would be the destination of Lukaku. I said, that guy's screaming out Saudi League. I can't believe that it hasn't happened already. I still think it probably will at this point, especially given the developments you described earlier on. He's not in the shake up here, but others are. Yeah, I'd probably agree that 
Lukaku, similar to a Kessie style, when no one loves you, where do you go? So we've got to do the, the normal round robin around Saudi. So another once Liverpool link player, Zielinski, the Napoli midfielder, he's in talks. That's expected to happen. Jao Felix, a fascinating one. Now, he's hoping in a way, Trav, that because Chelsea now need a forward, that could get reignited. But doesn't seem to be screaming likely. There is an offer on the table for him from Saudi, but it's quite clear he wants to stay in Europe. So he's keep an eye on, again, almost Lukaku. If no one wants you, where are you going to end up? Fascinating one as well. Jonathan David, the Canadian forward, plays for Lille. He has an offer from there now. He's always been one that, again, at one time linked with us. People were kind of suspecting, like, is he going to move to Europe? You know, when when's that going to happen? But he has an offer in there. Thiago's been dismissed. But again, as the stories come, it's expected that Saudi will come back for him. Don't think it'll happen. But, yeah, it's, is it weird to say, Trev, there's at least five or six credible links? Oh, and I should add, mention as well. Ibanez has completed his deal. Roger Ibanez, the centre-half from Rome, is there now. But the quietest week on record for Saudi links for us. And there's six or seven players we've linked this week. Insane. Yeah, that perfectly sums it up, that last sentence of yours. Uh, And speaking of insane, PSG, um, uh, the only club who are possibly more entertaining on a weekly basis than Chelsea because of the stuff that's going on, um, because of that uh, one sort of ridiculous um, star there at the heart of it that uh, keeps throwing toys from his pram. Apparently now he's being joined in terms of wanting to exit by Neymar. I'm going to let you talk me through that. Um, there's also stories around Verratti and obviously the Mbappe thing has happened. Um, but it's not just that. There's there's Sanchez, there's Ginny Wijnaldum, there's all sorts uh, talking about um, various sort of contract uh, issues and ins and outs. It's a good way for us to end uh, it's a big one to throw in your plate at the end, but know that you'll manage it. So walk us through the latest PSG craziness. You would think it's the way I'm going to end, Trev, but I've just had a few messages and we're going to throw a hand grenade in the mix to end this. However, <laughs> tremendous, tremendous. Hand, <laughs> just honestly, what is going on today? But PSG, the madness rolls on. So if you think last season they had Mbappe, Messi, and Neymar, and now one's gone, one clearly wants to go, and the third one, Neymar, has now made it clear that he wants to leave. PSG are quite happy to try and facilitate this as well, so all, as it said, all parties are looking at a solution. Christ knows where he ends up. Now, they've had the sort of rumblings for the last season, PSG, of civil war and the ultras saying, we need to sign more French players, we're sick of signing all these players just for the money, who don't care. And the owners have kind of mitigated that somewhat, or tried to. Hence, Dembele, as we know, set any time. They've had the, another bid for Bradley Barcola, the Leon winger, rejected. So the ultras are almost winning a little bit, as it were. Verratti, yeah, the Saudi move, they've upped their offer but it's still below what, you know, Saudi are willing to pay, what PSG are looking for. It probably says it all, as we said last week, when even the Saudis are looking at what PSG are asking and going, that's far too much. That probably says everything about the pricing. And then 
You know, one of my favourite characters of the window, Trev, Le Petit Shite himself, yes, young Killian, they offered him a new deal, which had a full escape clause in 2024. How utterly, utterly stupid and mental. Like, what did they honestly think was going to happen? I mean, it's just a stalemate. The president said, you're not playing then if you go in. He said, I'm not going. It's just a ridiculous stalemate. And then, like you said, Sanchez maybe being loaned to Roma. That offer's been on the table for ages, but it's, you know, just seems to be silent very bizarrely. Now, Sanchez, Mbappe, and Genie, along with 11 others, Trev, make up a team of 14 players that PSG know as the undesirables, which I'm pretty sure I might be wrong, but. I thought that was like Stallone, Van Damme, Dolph Lundgren, and they made a movie series. But I may just be making that up completely. But they are called the undesirables, i.e. these 14 players train away from the first team. And their wages are absolutely ridiculous, you know, for, for not even playing with the youngsters. And now, as we also know, the French League, PSG wanting to get players in. They have agreed terms with Randall, Colo, Mouani, the French international player at Eintracht Frankfurt, which will cost a huge amount. But when you're PSG, Trev, who cares? It's just money, isn't it? It's just financial fair play. It doesn't matter. On we go. I wonder, Dave, genuinely, I wonder what's happening with this. I wonder, you know, I've posited the theory that perhaps, you know, this actually, this thing in Saudi could take and, you know, this um, flirtation with, with, um, um, various different um, oil-rich entities with football could possibly just become a thing that will last for a long time. And then again, what if it just becomes a thing that they just lose interest in? And you have a situation there like you've outlined. We've got these four guys um, whose cumulative wages must be astronomical and they're just like not wanted, as you say, or the undesirables. That is one of the most ridiculous, wasteful, horrific things you can see. Um, sustainable, it is not. Now, I've been following my Twitter timeline, as I always do, lest anything get by us while we talk. I think I know where you're going with this. But roll that grenade, brother. I'm ready to be uh, exploded. Yeah, there's two types of bomb as they come nowadays. It's a Joyce bomb or an Ornstein bomb, isn't it? And... It's Joycey for this one. So, yeah, the update to his article that Liverpool have had those discussions. Romano, again, not in that league, but has intimated around Trev that Brighton are looking to get this done. Almost like a sealed envelope bid type of scenario, the way he's played it up. Now, you might be dismissive of that, but Paul Joyce's updates are absolutely key. And there's a couple of things everyone should hone in on that... They have had those discussions with Brighton inevitably of what it would take as in set the price. He also says really strongly, and we know Joyce's reputation, Liverpool have the funds in place to complete a club record deal for Moises Caicedo should they get that chance. Now, we know this, Trev, to get Caicedo, Stevie Wonder can see this, it's going to be around the 100 million mark, if not 100 million. So essentially, that is Paul Joyce confirming that Liverpool, you know, from his sources, there is 100 million there, which would make sense based on, you know, everything despite the plea poverty. If there is this money there, 
even if they don't land Caicedo, they get outbid, which we, we know our thoughts on this. We don't need to go back through there. There's essentially 100 million there. It's almost the opposite of what I tell my wife on a weekly basis. Spend some money. Utterly insane what's going on. I'm, I'm fucking choicy, man. Jesus. I can't believe this has happened at the end of the show where I was about to say, well, maybe nothing will happen. And anyway, see you guys in a week. But here it comes right at the end. As you say, rolling that little grenade in underneath the door so we can all just watch as the Twitter sphere explodes, which it currently is. Some people saying this is uh, no chance, no chance. And, you know, the dour pessimists are in there. The optimists are saying, Joycey. And of course, I'm somewhere in between, like I always am, saying, wouldn't this be gorgeous? But um, I still am hanging on to my um, very, very skeptical head on this one. I'll tell you, I'll make a deal with you. If it happens tomorrow um, before we go, uh, we're getting straight back on the microphones, you and me, brother. If that happens, it, it's, it would deserve a show of just me and you just drinking various beverages and saying almost nothing except occasional sighs of, of delight because that would be quite the thing and it would make this summer window um, quite spectacular. But again, possibly a good idea to not get too excited, Joyce or no Joyce. We'll have to watch it. Dave, a ridiculously crammed show in terms of what other people are doing. At least there is the existence of a very exciting rumour for us uh, to sign off on. Um, And for this, as ever, thanks a million, man. Any last words before we go? Remember, people, have no hope. You can't get disappointed. Good night. (laughs) <laughs> what a depressing philosophy but I find myself in complete agreement with my colleague there just watch it from a distance you know your your fingers interlaced in front of your eyes you grimace uh, on your face and let's just see what happens it's it's going to be interesting and like I say if anything does happen very very imminently Dave and I will be back with you. If not, Dave will be back with you with another from the channel. And we will keep you up to date on every little thing that happens between now and the end of the window. It's been uh, fun and in- enjoyable and very gratifying to do these shows over the course of the summer. We'll have at least one or two left, Dave and I. And like I say, anything that happens in between will be covered by the channel. Dave will be there holding down the fourth for the week that I'm away. So thanks to Dave Davis. I've been Trev Downey. This is the transfer podcast on Anfield Index and Anfield Index Pro. And like I say, we'll be back with you very, very soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows.
Social Podcast Network.